Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chaffin, along with... Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 75, Artemis. 75. 75. How are we feeling, man? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I can't complain. I'm doing pretty good. Same old, same old. Things are going pretty well. Trying to stack up this cheese, stack up this cheddar. And uh, sports-wise, things are not going too great for me. But, you know, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> we'll get into that later, though. How about you, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, sports-wise, hey. Hey, you got a team in the World Series. so I got a team in the World Series. I have my favorite hockey team is A-No, the only remaining yep, undefeated. undefeated team. Uh, I've also got a ECU football team that I'm covering. That is four and four and two wins away from being bowl eligible. And honestly, Artie, I think we're going to get there. I think we can. I think we're going to get there in the next two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Artie, uh, real quick, do you have a good Halloween? Yeah, I didn't do anything, man. This was the first time in a long time that I didn't do anything, especially a a, You wear your costume every single day, so. A guy that went to East Carolina. I did not do much. I, I heard you, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you any <laughs> any life on that. <laughs> Got him with the ECU, and I didn't do Jack Diddley squat for Halloween this year. I just chilled back, hung out at um, at Ashley's parents' house for a little bit, and ate some good food, watched some football. That was it. Yeah, uh, I played golf yesterday, and then uh, came home, watched the Braves. Unfortunately, they didn't close it out last night. Yeah. Hey, hey they didn't close it out last night, but. We are we are set up in a prime position to close it out tomorrow night, and if not tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I'm you not had, worried. You had three games to win one, so yeah, I'm not I'm not worried. Like the the worry should be in Houston. That that's not my worry. Yeah. Um, at least not right now. Ask uh, me uh, Wednesday until night until it gets to Game Seven. <laughs> uh, ask me Game Seven. <laughs> we're, we're we're hoping it doesn't get there. We're hoping it's done tomorrow night. Um, but Artie, real quick, we're we're gonna start start from the top. Uh, Halloween candy. Let's do a top five. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Top Who's five. Hall- I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. You know what I love? Whether you're left Twix or right Twix, I'm both Twix. <laughs> Give me a Twix bar in my in my candy. Best best candy bar. There. Um, are we are we are we going like straight top five? Or are we going back and forth? Back and forth. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Well, give me Reese's. That's that's number one okay. all day long. That, that, that's a good Reese's one. is by itself, and then everything else comes after. That's that's by itself. Number one. Now, give me the marshmallowy goodness, Artie. A three musketeer. Okay. All right. Yeah. You like okay. that? Yeah. I like three musketeer. You know, I, you know what I like to do? I like to eat like all the edges of the three musketeer, eat like the <laughs> chocolate around it, so it's just a marshmallow, and not just eat the marshmallow. That sounds like some stuff I did as a kid, man. <laughs> I still do it. I love it. I love it. Um, will be number two. Probably Snickers, man. I like Snickers. Give me, give me the chocolate, the caramel, the nougat, the peanuts. Put it all in one. M- much like the Tar Heels. Snickers is overrated. Um, <laughs> no, man, come on. Yeah. Snickers is good. Snickers, it's 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 a quality candy bar. All right. Uh, honestly, Artie, I'm gonna go the OG. Just the regular Hershey bar. Okay, regular Hershey's. I like it. 
Just just straight milk chocolate, nothing else. Just straight milk straight chocolate. Little, yep. Okay. Yep. Hershey's Kiss or the Bar? The Bar. Oh, don't okay. give me a kiss in my damn Halloween. <laughs> that's weird. That that's some pedophilia shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Since we're doing classics, let me take it back to a, to a real OG classic. Give me a Tootsie Pop. A Tootsie Pop. Give me a Tootsie Pop. Either either orange or cherry or grape. Those three and only those three. Don't give me. Don't give me that. Don't give me that chocolate one. I don't even know why they made a chocolate Tootsie Pop with the chocolate <laughs> filling in the center. That is disgusting. But an old school Tootsie Pop, that's probably number three for me. Number three for me. Ah, oh, geez. Um, Hunter Grand Bar. Oh, you're oh, you, you talking about your age right now. Yeah, I, I, you are exposing yourself. You're older than me. Yeah, uh, the Hunter Grand. That sounds like my granddaddy's candy. Oh man, that's you know what that is? That's some uh that's some poor boy candy right there. <laughs> hundred grand, okay. Uh, you know what? I think I've only had a hundred grand maybe once or twice in my life. I don't even know what it tastes like. It it, it is honestly one of my it's it's so slept on. It's one of my favorites. Okay, so hundred grand. All right, what would be number four for me? You know what? Any kind of gummy. I, you know, I'm gonna go sour patch kids. The, wow. the, the the miniature bag of Sour Patch Kids, yeah, throw that 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 needs to be in my in my Halloween bag. Absolutely, I need I need some Sour Patch Kids. All right, yeah. Um, honestly, already I don't know how this one got here. Pick five. Honestly, after I said hundred grand, I was kicking myself, hoping you didn't take this. Uh huh. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Yo, that was gonna be next. Kit, yeah. Kit Kat was gonna be my last one. You, that was good. That was gonna be my my final. How can one. you not? How can you not want a Kit Kat bar? Yeah, that that was gonna be my final one. And you know for sure what's gonna happen is when you open your Halloween candy and you pull out a piece and it's a Kit Kat bar, your parents gonna be like, "Hey, give me that. Give me a piece of candy." You get to eat half of it because you're breaking it and giving them the other half. So there or you go. Or I'm running away from my parents and I'm not sharing anything with them. But you know. Do you ever get a popcorn ball? I did get a pie. I got a few of those. <laughs> I got a few of those. Yeah. I got I heard- popcorn balls. I got candy corn, which nobody likes candy corn. All right. Stop that. Yeah. Stop giving uh, kids candy I'm out corn. on candy corn. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 nine, 10, 11 year old kid. Or when they give you like, corn. when they give you fruit? Yeah. An fruit, apple like, or a banana. Like, like, I should slap you in the face. What are you doing? I got water one time. Someone just handed me like a small bottle of water. And I was like, <laughs> stay hydrated. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it was weird. Um, but, Artie, let me ask you. Do you know who Charles Edward Green is? Hell no. Hell no. No, I don't know who that is. Number 75. Uh-huh. Of Let's what? see. I'm- we're gonna see if you can figure out who it is. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna name off some stats. Okay. All right. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion. Okay. Four Ten times. Time. Same team. What's that? Same team. Yes. Huh. Okay. He is a ten-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. This defensive was, rookie of the year. What was his era? What era did he play in? 70s. Green Bay Packers. Nope. It's not the Green Bay Packers. Pittsburgh nope. Steelers. Yep. 
Okay. I was about to say, it's 70s. It's got to be either Packers, Steelers, or Cowboys. That's 1979, that's Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Or number 75 for the Steelers, his whole career. Mm. Mean Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. Wow. How you like that one, Artie? I love it. I love there it. I wasn't go. expecting that from the vault, but I like it though. Yeah, I, I was like, man, he once I throw this real name, like his his uh government name out there, or yeah, he's I, not gonna I, get it. I didn't know the government. I was like, I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Great. Mean Joe, I love it. Yep, Mean Joe Green Ward number 75 for his the entirety of his eleven year career in the NFL. Uh he, he was the defensive rookie of the year in 1969, won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award in 1979. Um, so yeah, shout out Mean Joe Green. Um, but Artie, uh, let, let's let's go into a little bit of this uh, USF game real quick. Um, oh yeah. So let's be honest. USF, they, I mean, coming into this game, this was a game I was kind of worried about being a trap game. At halftime, I was worried about this game being a trap game. Mm-hmm. The second half. I wasn't worried about this game at all being a trap game. Well, USF is not a good football team. Like they're, they're not that good. You know, they're not terrible. They're not a scrub, but they're not that good. So this was not a game that anybody in Greenville, anybody that roots for the Pirates or any of the players or coaches should have been like, oh, man, we got to really like they, they might come in and whoop our ass. No, that, that was never – that should have never been a game plan. This was a business kind of game. I thought USF did exactly what they were going to do in this game. They were to come out. They had nothing to lose. They were going to, you know, pull all the stops. They were going to give us everything they had. They did that the first half. We did what we talked about on this on the pregame show. We went in at halftime and we made adjustments. We made adjustments. We saw what they did well. We saw what they did bad. We came out in the second half. We blew them out. We did exactly what we were supposed to do. I don't think anybody is like that excited about this win. Yes, it gets us back to four and four. It gets us back on the right track to get to a bowl game, sets us up in a really good position to get to five and four because we play Temple this weekend. But nobody should really be like that hoorah about beating South Florida. We did exactly what we were supposed to do. I will say, like, seeing all the arm, the armchair coaches and quarterbacks in, in the Facebook post and comments and Twitter post and everybody losing their damn mind on Thursday night. You know what? Like to me, this game was never in doubt. Like to me, there was about 31 seconds that, that we, uh, that we had to weather a storm. We had to, uh, it, it was like our eight second ride. You might say Artie, cause you know, they're the bulls. We, we, but we ended up, you know what we ended up doing? We ended up getting that belt buckle. We rode the Bulls, and we rode that wave, and guess what? We came out victorious because our defense was that good. Our our coaching actually figured it out for once. They made adjustments. The the You look at two of those turnovers. One of those, I mean, that's on Tyler Sneed for bringing it out. When it's pouring down rain, hey, he, he tried to play – he had a pretty good return, mm-hmm. and then he just fumbled the ball. He, helmet on ball. That That's what happens. I, I will say the turnovers, and it was wet. It was raining, but that was – the turnovers were pretty bad. 
in but this game. That was our worst turnover game of the season. Uh, weather, I know weather had a lot to do with that, but still, that uh, we cannot uh, do going forward. The the one on – all right, I'm going to go through all three of them. Right. The Ryan Jones one, he should have been down by by forward progress. I mean, it looked like he he'd got the first down. His feet were still moving. They pushed him back behind the uh, first down marker, and but but if he's if he's still fighting for yardage, then they they tend to let that go. Yeah, but eventually you're you can't go any further. They're pushing you back. Blow the whistle, and then but if it's, but if it's simultaneous, then it doesn't matter anyway. It's a fumble. If 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 the ball is coming out while they're pushing him back, that's a fumble. If but. The whist, the the play should have been blown dead, is what I'm saying, Artie. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but uh, is that's what I'm saying. The play, that, the that's, play that's was neither here nor there. But that's what happens. The play at the end zone, the play going into the end zone, where everybody in the stadium, everybody, everybody was, watching on everybody TV, knew what was, happening. Knew what was going to happen. Everybody, but that wasn't on Holton. If you watch the replay, that was on the center. That play was on the center. Holden wasn't even ready for the snap. He just snapped the ball, and Holden was like, "All right, what's what's going on now?" It's a broken play. It was it was on somebody wearing black. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it, it shouldn't have happened. But everybody calling for Holden's head. Everybody calling for Ryan Jones's head. Everybody calling for Tyler Sneed. Tyler Sneed is your honestly your MVP on offense outside of Keaton Mitchell this year. Calling for his head because he fumbled the ball. When it's pouring down rain. How many turnovers has Tyler Sneed had this season? One, maybe two. So he's allowed a mulligan, right? Yeah. It can't, can't be perfect. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the, the turnovers were not ideal, and they almost cost us that. Um, but, again, I don't see that happening again because of the weather. The weather, like I said, played a huge factor in that. I don't see us turning the ball over three or four times again in a football game. Like that, unless maybe Cincinnati. Cincinnati might do that to us, but that's you know that, that's a ways away. Um, but I've never understood the fans that give up in the first half or get on Twitter and and want to fire the coach and fire this and fire that in the first half. Football's the four quarters. We outscored USF twenty three to zero in the second half. Shut the hell up and just watch the full football game. Just let it just let it plan out. I can understand if we were losing thirty five to six going into halftime. Then you can get on Twitter and be all mad. But 14 to 6 ball game, shut up. Shut up and watch the game. Yeah. And I saw people coming after the kicker. I was like, yeah, like once again, yeah, he, he missed a kick. That was his second extra point miss of the season. Like that happens in college football. That happens. And honestly, when you have a freshman kicker out there, I don't want him kicking the ball anyways, but that's what you got. That is what you've got on this roster. On on this roster, you're stuck with a freshman kicker, and I think eventually we see it every time. Every mm-hmm. time you have turnover at the kicker position, the first year is always tough. Second year is a little easier. By the third and fourth year, they're the best player on your team. Right. I mean that that's how it goes. That's how college football. That's how kicking goes. That's just kind of that how that position is. You lose Jake Verity, who honestly should be in the NFL right now, kicking. He's on the practice squad. That that's what happens. So don't I don't know. I, I I didn't see anything I was upset about in this whole game. I mean, outside of the turnovers. 
Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say outside of the Tulane game and outside of the turnovers, that was the most complete game that we've had this season. So you've got Tulane number one, and then it goes that South Florida game where we 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 took them, we we took the punches, we were able to bounce back, we were able to do what we needed to do, and we end up winning that game by two touchdowns plus. That's exactly what you're supposed to do when you're a building program. And you play a team like South Florida that's also trying to build, but they're not exactly where you are. You're supposed to win those games at home. Bad weather. Not a lot of fans out in, out into the stands. Boneyard was fantastic, by the way. I don't know where the rest of Greenville was at, but the Boneyard looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, I want to say something about that, too. Go ahead. Everybody complaining about there not being fans in the stands and talking about, oh, well, the Boneyard doesn't show up. The Boneyard showed up, showed out on Halloween weekend and was loud. Like mm-hmm. that place was cranking. I mean, already we've sat in the press box now several times, and you can't you can't really hear anything in the press box, guys. Right? You're, you're not. It's not like it's like you're sitting in the stands. It's fairly quiet in there. Mm-hmm. When you can hear them chanting and screaming in the press box, and it over like what they're playing on the on the loudspeakers, that's when you know it's loud. So yeah, I mean. Shout out to the Boneyard. Shout out to the Namesake Boneyard. Namesake of the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to them. And then, like, you know, getting back to, to my point, ECU did exactly what they needed to do. At, at the end of the day, not a win that we're going to, you know, put on a banner and, you know, celebrate. We we did what we needed to do. We got the job done. Now let's get on the Temple and let's get the five and the four and let's try to get to a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think EC, I think ECU's almost there. Um, Artie, I really wanted to go through. I had a couple stats here that I, I wanted to read off. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Easton, he's, he's said it multiple times um, this season in press conferences that when ECU is on, they're gonna they're gonna be about the most uh, balanced offense that you're gonna have. Right. How's this for balance? Uh, so, 86 plays on offense. You had uh, 36 passes, 51 rushes. You had 251 yards rushing uh, and 220 yards passing. I mean. You can't That's get music, much more, man. That's music more, to my ears. Than that. That's uh, almost 500 yards of offense, and it's and it's split 50-50. It's gorgeous. Rajay Harris had 100 yards even, um, rushing. A t- he had a touchdown rush, long rush of 19 yards. Uh, I mean, you, you look at Hone Aylers, 78 yards rushing. Keen Mitchell, 79 yards rushing. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. I mean, then – you look at it on on the uh, receiving side. C.J. Johnson, eight targets, uh, five receptions, eighty-four yards. Uh, Long was forty-two. Audio Matosho, eight targets, four receptions, fifty-four yards, one touchdown. Which honestly was the best throw I've seen Holden Aylers throw all year long. Um, Tyler Sneed, he had four receptions, nineteen yards. And then Rajay Harris, three receptions, thirteen yards. So you're you're looking at four you're looking at four uh, receivers, and they're averaging four receptions a receiver. So everybody everybody's getting touches. Everybody was getting the love. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. Defense showed up. I want to give a shout out, Artie. This guy, Tegan Wilk. Yes. Freshman. Yes, Dude, I, I he, he was a monster on Thursday night. My good, I, I hadn't even heard who this kid was before Thursday night. He was a monster. And he's got he's got three forced fumbles on the year. Yeah, 
they, they three, kept four. they kept saying his. I was watching the game. They kept saying his name. I was like, "Who is this Wilt guy? He is killing it." He's got three forced fumbles and an interception now, and he's a freshman. He's a freshman, y'all. Defense is set up. Defense is set up. Everything. Defense is set up to be (laughs) strong for the next four years. I mean, this is the guy that comes in for for Warren Saba, our boy. Yeah. I mean, this is the the safety of the future. ECU secondary is going to be disgusting for the next four or five years if they if they keep on this trajectory. I mean. Tegan, this was honestly one of the best uh, recruits in that class. To me, this is a guy that I've been wanting to see, wanting to have, like, really kind of come into his own. And honestly, this past week, his name was his name was being called out every other play, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, to, to me, the offense will always be there for ECU. ECU will always be able to get offensive guys and attract offensive talent. You cannot win championships without an excellent defense. You have to have an excellent defense. And I like the trajectory that we're going because when we get an excellent defense, then you will start to see me get real giddy about East Carolina football. I would get really, really excited because that's when I know we can really go anywhere at that point. So I'm really happy about what Blake Harrell is doing with that defense and the trajectory that it's going, going forward. Yeah. And then uh, we've, we've talked about it several times already. Um, third down needs to still improve, but they did a lot better this past week. They, they started off rough, but, uh, by the end of the game, they were six for 17 on third downs, like to get that up to around 50%, um, or higher. I mean, that, that you're hovering around 35% there, but they're still five, five for six on fourth down. So mm-hmm. move the ball on downs one and two, get, get close to the chains. If you can get within three yards of the chains and have third and three you're gonna you're gonna see that go up they're not converting on third down because they're leaving it third and nine third and eight exactly every mm-hmm. single time but ECU finds a way to move the ball on third and fourth down we also we saw them have uh three ECU had three uh drives of more than 13 yards already or 13 plays excuse me already that's how you beat teams like Navy that that's how you compete with teams like Navy because it's a possession game. ECU had the ball for almost 40 minutes. They had it for 38 minutes and 28 seconds compared to the 21-32 of, of USF. So right. it's all about possessing the possessing the ball. And and that was that was the biggest thing I, I took away is they were able to sustain drives and move the ball down the field. And that's what's going to set them up against Memphis and against Navy to make those games very winnable games. I mean, they're already very winnable, but I think that's how you win those games. So I was thinking, okay, this is how they prepare for themselves for three weeks down the road. Then while they're not thinking about that, that's, this is all setting them up to be right. ready for that, for that matchup. And and I absolutely agree. Look, this, this, this game coming up with Temple, um, this is going to be a confidence builder. Unlike any other game that we've had the rest of the season or previously, because we get to five and four, we're going to Memphis after that, right? Yep. We go to Memphis after Temple, and we have Temple at home. We get to five and four, going to Memphis. It's it's a whole lot better than four and five, and the kind of you know swag, the kind of confidence that you have going into Memphis, a team that is beatable. Memphis is not unbeatable. All right, Temple beat Memphis. You, we can we can absolutely beat this Memphis squad. 
um, and, and possibly try to get ourselves to six and four going into Navy. I mean, you, you're starting to see the building blocks. And, and I think we can really put together a string of wins here if we're able to do that this Saturday at home, get to two straight going into Memphis. Yeah, I mean, Memphis, the thing with Memphis is this weekend, I believe they play SMU. So, right. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna probably be four and five going in to play us. I don't want right. to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they're going to be banged up. SMU is a good team. Exactly. You know, and S- SMU is pissed off because they just lost to Houston. Which ECU just took to, to overtime, overtime two weeks ago. So, guys, I'm telling you, hot take. ECU's a top four team in this conference right now. Well, they're sitting at five. They're sitting at five right now in, in the American Athletic Conference standings. So we could very easily move up to four. Very, very easily. So, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I, I honestly – I think ECU is on par with UCF and on par with Houston in this conference right now. You yeah. lose those two games. Well, but I wouldn't I, say Houston. I wouldn't say – I know we took them overtime, but Houston is sitting – they're 5-0 and in the conference. So They're 5-0 and in the conference, but you win that game, you win the UCF game. You're, five, you're what, 5-0 and in the conference? 4-0 True, in the conference. But, but, we, but that's what I'm saying. We didn't win those games. We didn't so win those games. We, but we, can't, we can't compare ourselves to the teams we I, lost to. I said, I said they're on par. I didn't say they're better. I said they're on par. <laughs> those two games are very close. This team could be 7-1, and one, just like Houston. Yes, they we, could. We could be – Yes, could they be, could. I mean, you think about it, Artie, if ECU is 7-1 and one right now with wins over Houston and UCF, ECU is sitting in the top 25 right now. They're they're probably sitting in the top twenty five. Yeah, I mean, but, but we're not we're not we're not there yet. We're just we're not there yet. I, I'm we're saying close. you can see it, Artie. Yes, Artemis, I, I, you can. Jared, see I agree it. with you, but we're not there yet. Not yet. We're close, Artie. I'm gonna come through this damn. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Um. So, Artie, ECU plays Temple this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. We sat down with. Ryan from uh, from the Owls Daily 24-7 um, site covering Temple. Um, we talked to him last year. Let's uh, let's send it over to our interview with, with Ryan uh, now. How's that? Let's do it. All right. Here's Ryan Wallen from Owls Daily 24-7 Sports, uh, CBS Sports, covering the Temple Owls. This week on the Boneyard Podcast, everybody, we are – Glad to have on a return guest, uh, Ryan Wallen, coming from 24-7 Sports, covering the Temple Owls for Owls Daily 24-7, is, is coming back. He uh, he agreed to uh, spend a little bit more time with us, even though uh, we put him through the ringer last year. So, welcome back, Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. The pleasure's all ours. So, Ryan... Uh, Let's let's kind of jump right into it. I mean, Temple they're they're kind of having a, a down couple of years. I mean, ECU fans they they know where Temple is um, a, as a um, as a program because we've been there. We we're trying to pull yes, ourselves have. out of it now. Yes, uh, what 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 could you say has uh, gone on so far <laughs> at Temple to lead to to what's going on now? Yeah, you know. Obviously, with last year was the first real down year that the Owls have had since 2013. And, you know, at the time, 
pointed to COVID as a large part of that. Um, obviously, we know last year's debacle between ECU and Temple in that final game of the season with the the awaiting the COVID test results pregame, send the teams to the locker room. They end up having to pull three or four guys out of the lineup because of that. And, you know, at the time they were only playing 45 scholarship guys and they were down to their fifth string quarterback, who was a true freshman walk on. It, it was a mess. And, um, you know, this year, you know, we thought that despite the exodus of players that Temple had had in the off season, that maybe Temple could return to at least maybe being a more competitive team in the conference and being a team, you know, that, that would at least be returning to a bowl game in 2021. But uh, so far this season, that has been, um, it's been an up and down year to say the least. Um, every one of Temple's losses this year has been by 20 or more points. So they've either won or they've gotten blown out and beat pretty bad. So um, it's it's been a little bit of a weird year. Obviously, the year started with um, a bad, bad loss to Rutgers on the road. Um, they followed that up by by beating a pretty bad Akron team and then returning home to take on Boston College. That game, you know, they they just couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, ended up being a twenty eight to three game. Then they come back, bounce back with back to back wins against Wagner, which I, I would hopefully expect them to beat Wagner considering their FCS. And then they, then they picked up their, their marquee win of the season, which was against Memphis. And and I don't think many fans coming into the year had them beating the Tigers uh, considering the expectations for them this year. And, you know, just the, the threats on offense they had, they possess. So that was a, that was a big win. And, you know, that win was something that looked like, it was going to propel them in the right direction. And yeah, this team, it was just a fluke year last year. And this team is going to compete this year. And then we quickly learned uh, over the last three weeks that 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 might not just be the case and pump the brakes a little bit on that. Um, Three straight losses in the conference. Granted, one of those was to Cincinnati in which the Owls just got absolutely manhandled on all sides of the ball. Um, But then the last two weeks playing the two Florida teams, um, you know, you expected Temple to, probably win one of those, if not both of them, considering the circumstances going on with Central Florida right now. But, um, you know, Temple just got absolutely dominated by both of those teams in different ways. Uh, They've been outscored 135 to 24 over the last three games. So offense isn't doing much. Defense isn't doing much. The only thing that's really been been solid has kind of been the special teams. And that that was that was the question mark coming into the year. So uh, not a good look for the Owls so far. They're looking to get back in the win column this week with ECU. Obviously, try to get back to being bowl eligible, but it's going to be a long shot. Yeah, you know, like like Jared said, I mean, ECU, we, we know how it feels to have losing seasons. We know how it feels to be in, in the dungeon. We're still trying to build a legitimate program ourselves in Greenville. But what are some some positive things that this team has kind of done that you've seen throughout the season they can take with them and carry on? Yeah, you know, I, I think the positive thing is that after every game that they've gotten blown out in, the team has preached that they're they're sticking together. And despite the struggles they've had, um, despite the issues, you know, that this is a team of brothers and they're they're trying to right the ship. They're they're building together. They want to stay together. They know that they're playing a lot of really young guys or a lot of guys that even might have been transfers from power five schools who didn't play a lot there. So they're they just don't have those in-game reps yet. 
and I, and I think they're trying to build for the future. But in spite of the fan base and and everything else going on right now, it's it's a tough time right now. And and obviously the players they have these social media accounts and they can see what fans are saying. They can see what's going on on media and what what's being said about them. And I think they're taking it personally. And, and Rod Carey has said that this is a very frustrating time for the team. Um, but they're they're trying to get back together. So they've done that well. I, I've seen that from the players. Um, quarterback DeJuan Mathis comes to mind immediately. He's, despite being a 19-year-old kid, he, he is just very mature for his age. And he speaks like a true leader. And and he's he's looked pretty good, you know, for the Owls. He doesn't he hasn't really turned the ball over or cost them um points. He he's not been the reason for the offensive struggles to say the least. Um so I think they have a bright spot with him, you know, being only a red shirt freshman if he um if he can get some help going on there. Um, at times, they have looked very explosive. They've they've moved the ball well. Uh, I think last week against UCF, they they did move the ball fairly well. Um, it just didn't result in points, unfortunately, and that, that's what cost them. Um, so I think that's what they still need. That's what they're doing well right now. What they're not doing well, um, tackling, uh, recognizing coverages, stopping the run, um, and running the ball and playing well in the trenches. <laughs> Okay, so with with that, I mean, what what can they do, or what what do you see from this ECU football team that uh, you think that maybe Temple has an opportunity to to exploit and and uh, at least keep this game close? Yeah, I think when looking at the ECU team, their weakness is in the pass defense. Um, so I, I think that if Temple's going to have a chance in this game, it's going to be trying to pass the ball. Um, like I said, with Mathis being a pretty talented quarterback and, and showing what he has so far, that's where they've had the most success on offense this year. And ECU's pass defense, I believe right now, is ranked 110th in the country, uh, if I read the stat right. So that that's not obviously good. So And especially with Temple's run game just failing them this year, uh, abysmally. Um, I think that's where they have to try and find the success that they've had. Um, not necessarily saying it's going to work, but I, I think that's where you have to to try and get something going, try and get something established because this team's just struggled all mm-hmm. year long. And especially in early in games in the first quarter of games, I think the number right now is they've been outscored 67 to seven in the first quarter this year. Um, which you don't see seven points in one quarter, uh, eight games into season very often. So that that just says how much this team is struggling right now, and and I, I think that's that's what they just need to get going. They need to they need to find something, anything positive right now. Gotcha. You know, it's it's interesting that you say they need to attack the pass defense because obviously our our pass defense, our defense overall isn't that great, but we do have some guys that can get to the ball as far as Malik Fleming and Jaquan McMillan, who do you think they're going to attack more? Or or what side do you think they would attack more? Is it going to be Jaquan they're going to attack more, or would it be Malik that they would attack more? Well, I mean, you got the the reigning AAC Defensive Player of the Week there, for one. Um, so I, I would assume you'd probably go the opposite side. But, <laughs> I mean, you guys, I've what I've noticed most about the ECU defense is over the course of the season, it has gotten progressively better. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching that first game against App State, and it did not look very good at all. Couldn't stop the run, couldn't stop 
Chase Bryce. Uh, it just didn't look good. And then I've started, I've watched limited, limited ECU games. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but I've seen some plays here and there and, you know, they, they just seem to have gotten better. Their numbers obviously have improved. Um, you know, they, they've been able to slow to the run down. They've, they've picked up some quality wins along the way. And I, I think that what you need to do is, especially in Temple's case, is that you can't abandon the run entirely. Like I said, I mean, yes, I think you need to pass first because that's where your strength is. Um, you have a veteran group of receivers and you have a pretty solid young quarterback. But the run game at times has shown that it can get going. It's just it hasn't been sexy this year. Uh, it hasn't been as effective, mostly because of your offensive line play. And I think you need to try to get that going at some point. Obviously, we're two-thirds of the way through the year, and it still is just flat. Um, I, I think, obviously, with the vulnerability of ECU having struggled against the run in the past, you got to try um, and try early. I think you got to try to control the game, control the clock, uh, and just play with your own pace and and play your game rather than as we saw a couple weeks ago for the Owls against South Florida, where South Florida did the same thing to them and they possessed the ball for forty five minutes against them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, now kind of shifting gears, ECU. I mean, on offense, uh, I mean, you talk about trying to make sure that. You're, the Owls are playing their game and, and controlling their game. Now, on EC's offense, I mean, they, they've got a bunch of good skill players. Uh, what what are you what are you expecting to see out of the offense? And I mean, Temple's defense has been has shown that they're they're not susceptible to uh, giving up big big games. Uh, I mean, talking about 50, 50 points scored against them in a lot of games. So so what are you expecting to see? Yeah, you know, obviously Holton Aylers is one of the most, if not the most, experienced quarterback in the American. Um, so obviously bringing that veteran presence to uh, a game is a worry because um, he, he's seen just about any type of defense you can throw at him, um, any type that you're going to play against him. And he obviously has a lot of good weapons around him, like Tyler Sneed and Keaton Mitchell, and who's probably the fastest guy in all of football. And, um, you know, Obviously, when you have a team that has experienced guys who can make plays, it's a worry, particularly when Temple's probably going to be missing some key starters in the secondary just due to injuries. Um, so that's that's a worry. Um, I expect that ECU is probably going to be able to run at will on Temple because pretty much every team has been able to run at will on Temple this year. Um, that's why they're allowing more than 200 rushing yards per game right now. Wow. And they possibly have one of the worst rush defenses. I think it, it is bottom five in the country right now. Um, just because poor tackling. And, uh, I think that that's going to be a struggle, especially when you just have a guy like Mitchell who has that speed. And then you have Harris, who's a very solid backup, who also has 400 plus rush yards on the season. And then Ehlers has the rushing ability as well. And, and that's the thing. South Florida two weeks ago against Temple, they they're not a passing team by any means. And they dominated the Owls. ECU has that passing threat in Aylers, and I expect him to probably target that as well. And so I, I think that because of Aylers' ability, because of the weapons you have, it, it's gonna be a struggle for the Owls on 
Saturday. Gotcha. Now, you know, with, with all the American teams that we've had come on the podcast and that, that we've interviewed, we all we've, we've all we've asked them about realignment, conference realignment, where they stand, where they sit as far as conference realignment. We have six teams coming in from Conference USA. Where does Temple stand in a new American athletic conference? And can they be top dog? Can they be contenders going forward? I think my opinion personally on conference realignment, I was I was kind of so-so on the additions that they had announced. You know, I, I felt like some of the schools they announced, they were excellent fits, no-brainers, and others I was a little confused by and, I don't know, just puzzled with the addition, particularly Rice and FAU, in my opinion. Um, you know, I just felt like Rice is a school that's never invested in athletics, and yes, they're an excellent ap- academic university, but their football program and their, their basketball program don't really improve the league at all. It actually probably drops the quality of play in the league. But I assume they wanted to keep that text, that Houston market. And, um, you know, they're hoping, I assume there was some verbal agreement that Rice was going to invest in athletics more. But, you know, I, I feel like as far as the Temple's perspective, fans hate it. Fans feel like this is just going to, um, A, water down the competition that they're playing, and B, um, you know, they're going to obviously have to play teams a lot further away than what they currently are. And, you know, they're the closest school that the, that the American was adding that is to them is Charlotte. And then the next closest after that's Birmingham uh, and UAB. So not necessarily the most favorable or – uh, easiest to travel to from Philadelphia, but um, I think that there are some positives there. I, I think UAB is a quality school, and they they were one of the no brainers that I mentioned earlier. And Charlotte is a is a growing metropolitan area, and I, I know that the Americans very high on focusing on these big market places that have some potential. And UTSA I thought was also a solid addition there. Um, but yeah, I think as far as the hope being that if this does turn into what people have called as CUSA 2.0, is that Temple will be able to be at the top, considering some of the school's lack of success in basketball and football there. Um, I, I think the hope is obviously that you you build a resume and possibly the next time then when conference realignment happens, if and when that happens, maybe then you get a P5 invite. Maybe not. I don't know. But at this point, the P5 invite for Temple uh, it falls more on Temple itself and, and how they're producing and how they're performing on the field and on the court. And just the last couple of years, it just hasn't it hasn't panned out. I mean, if, if Temple was maybe sitting in Cincinnati spot right now, Maybe Temple's probably going to the Big 12, but I don't think that the timing is good for the Owls. I don't think the timing five years from now will be good for the Owls, depending on how uh, how football and basketball is at that point. But, you know, I think the thing for Temple is they need to identify what they want to focus primarily on. Are they going to go all in on football or are they going to go more all in on basketball and return to, obviously, it's it's historical basketball program, um, you know, with being the fifth most winningest program of all time. Do you want to 
try to shift more towards basketball again and building that up? Or are you going to try and go with the more recent success of the football program being successful? Obviously, right now, it, it's kind of hard to say because both teams have been performing poorly the last couple of seasons. Um, the hope is with basketball this year is going to be the year that they finally turn it around, but that's obviously yet to be seen. Now, with, with conference realignment and kind of going along those lines, we've seen it with like USF that they've committed to building an on an on-campus stadium. Do you think that's ever in the works or ever going to be in the cards for for Temple? It's constantly being discussed, and it's it's constantly been discussed for the last five six years. Um, at one point, there was funding for it. There was plans. They proposed it to the city and the city said no, um, mostly because that the, the city does not want another stadium in within the city itself, especially in such a built up area around Temple's campus where it's, it's a lot of row homes and, you know, it's, it's neighboring communities. And there was a lot of community backlash at that. There was a lot of backlash from students and how it was going to affect um, the surrounding neighborhoods with gentrification and whatnot. So that kind of got shot down. Now, obviously, Temple just hired a new athletic director a couple weeks ago. His first day on the job was a today, actually. Um, and, and I think, obviously, if Temple ever hoped to get a Power 5 invite, if that ever happens, or whatever the next movement in conference realignment would be a couple years down the road, you have to have an on-campus stadium. And I think that that's a selling point um, to people. Like you mentioned, USF and Temple are very much in a similar boat in that sense that they're being, they're trying to get the on-campus stadium. There's been backlash. There's been uh, proposals made. It just hasn't happened. Now it seems like USF actually is going to do it. Um, I spoke to the, the the USF 247 writer, you know, when we were down there in Tampa, and he said it sounds like they're, they're starting to um, get the ball rolling with that. Um, so I think that would leave Temple almost forced to because, um, you know, they're, they're paying a lot of money to the Eagles right now to play in that stadium. They're not making the money back. Um, I, I believe right now it's about one million or a little bit more for six games a year, which is quite high, um, considering Temple ain't making one million dollars on ticket revenue. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be within the next couple of years at least another proposal to the city, and maybe at that point you will get um, get the ball rolling with a on-campus stadium for Temple. Um, I've heard that there has been, even as recently as a couple months ago, there were talks that they have shifted the location of the on-campus stadium to more on-campus so it won't affect the neighborhood surrounding the area as much. Um, there's a new contingency plan in terms of funding for it, um, and there's a new contingency plan for just a, an overall remodeling of campus so that they could accommodate this stadium. So. The hope, I think, is that this proposal could come out within the next year or so, especially under the new AD. Um, and he, he obviously has a history of working with facilities, being that he came from Texas and he was an overseer of uh, facilities and management at Texas, Arthur Johnson. Um, 
and he was the associate AD there most recently. So he, he has some, uh, he obviously has some experience in building very high quality uh, P5 facilities and overseeing those projects and funding for those. So I, I think that's why partially Temple, why, why Temple hired him to be the guy as the next athletic director, because he, he has that experience with this. Gotcha. Now, kind of getting back to this week's matchup, how do you feel about this week's matchup? Give us an outcome. How do you feel Temple's going to going to perform in this week's game and, and kind of like a final uh, final predicament if you had to, had to give one? Yeah, I, I think that what I would say right now is that I don't have much confidence in picking Temple. That's not that's not a knock to the team itself or anything. It's just because that they're so young and there's so many guys missing right now with injuries that I just don't see that their defense is going to be much improved from last week or the week before. Um, so I think they're just going to have a hard time stopping the ECU offense. Um, the I, I think Temple's due for an offensive outbreak game. Maybe this is the week. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, like I said last week, they moved the ball fairly well. They just kind of shot themselves in the foot with a couple turnovers, a couple penalties that just prevented them from scoring and until very late in that game. So I would say that at some point the offense is going to come through, but I don't know if the defense is there yet to the point where they're going to be able to stop ECU enough to pick up a win. Um, so if I had to give you a prediction right now on the spot, I'll take ECU oh, 38, Temple 13. I think this is going to be a pretty one-sided matchup. Um, I know ECU fans are going to love me for that because obviously since 2014, the Owls uh, had owned the Pirates and, and they had beat them down quite a few times there. And, mm -hmm. you know, through the, through the Scotty Montgomery era and, and the first year of the Mike Houston era, but last year the Pirates finally got over that hump, and I, I think that this year they're going to continue that stretch of of beating the Owls, um, just because, like I said, it's just hasn't been enough consistency yet, or a lot of good play that that makes me think that Temple's going to pull out a victory. Gotcha. Jared, you got anything? Can you hear us? Oh, his mic cut out. <laughs> well, that's that's actually all the all the questions I had, Ryan. I don't know if Jared had any more questions for you. Um, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up. We do appreciate you coming on and giving us your time uh, to come on here and to share your knowledge of Temple. I wish you guys the best of luck this weekend going forward. And um, you know, if you have any plugins that you want to shout out, go ahead and do that right now. Of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at RyanWallen247. You can follow my editor, Sean Pastor, and he's got 20-plus years of experience covering the team at Temple Owls Daily on Twitter, and you can always find all of our content at owlsdaily.com on the 247 Sports Network. Awesome. Well, Ryan, once again, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Sorry for Jared's technical difficulties, but we do appreciate you coming on with us. Quite all right. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Take care, man. Take care. Once again, we thank you. Uh, we, we give our thanks to uh, Ryan Wallen for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast this week. Uh, always great catching up with him. 
we're gonna we're gonna try to meet up with him at Sup Dogs um, this week, so he can finally answer ne- uh, next year what his Sup Dogs order is. Yes. Um. So yeah, but Artie, um, moving along, we we just talked about before before going to the interview, we just talked about uh, Houston and and they this is a team ECU took to overtime uh, two weeks ago. They beat SMU at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, incredible game. I mean, SMU's down. Houston. Did Did you watch the end of that game? I, I saw the highlights, man. Oh, I, I didn't man. watch. I, I I actually watched it. I thought SMU was going to win in overtime. They kicked the field goal to tie it, right? And I'm thinking, okay, this game's going to go to overtime. SMU is a better team. They're going to win. And then they kick it to that guy that returned a kick against us <laughs> the week prior. And I don't know why they kicked it to this man. And he returns it 101 yards all the way down the field. Game over. Houston wins on a walk-off. It was incredible. Yeah, I don't know why you're kicking to that guy. I, I, I don't know. But I, I want to I bring him back to this game, Marty, because I, I have a bone to pick. or I, I want to I have a debate with you, okay? Okay. Houston beats SMU. Houston was favored. Uh-huh. In the game, SMU's a ranked team. You win on a walk-off fashion. That game happens in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. ECU is Houston. Say it's SMU. And do you, do you rush the field? Do you storm the field? ECU's a favorite. No, or- I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like that. I didn't. You you just beat number nineteen. That that's nothing to brag about. Now, if ECU beats Cincinnati, yeah. Oh yeah, you rush. The get field. on the field. Yeah, you rushed the field. Cincinnati's a team that could go to the playoff. But if, yeah, you you rushed the field. But if you're beating, I mean, you look at it. Didn't Ohio State rush the field this weekend? Did they rush the field after beating no, Penn State. No, no, no. Ohio, Ohio State does not rush. I, I they, was, uh, Ohio State wins a lot. They don't rush the field. Uh, who else? Who else did that recently though? Yeah, the, uh, Ohio State's definitely not one of those programs to rush the field. I, I think it was Iowa I know, State. I know, Iowa, the, Iowa, no, Iowa did it against Penn State. Um, I don't know about Iowa State. That's I know they it was Iowa State. I don't know, but what I'm saying is, if one, if you're favored, and you don't beat, if you beat a team that has a couple losses, or you beat a team that is 20th in the country, you're not rushing the field. My 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 thing is, it's seven and zero against six and one, and SMU is ranked 19th. Why why would you? You have a good team, Houston. You have a good team. Why would you rush the you field? You were favored no... in the game. <laughs> I don't. That, yeah, that made no sense to me. I did not like the rush in the field. Rushing the field is something that should be special. You only do that when you beat a top five team in the country. Let, That's let, it. Let's put it. Let's put it this way. Artie and I, we were in school during. I mean, one of the better times for ECU football, 2013, 2014. Right. We saw multiple top twenty-five wins. Oh yeah. At home, multiple. And guess what, Artie and I. Not once did we rush the field. Because we expected to win those games. We had good – ECU was a good good quality football I mean, team at that time. Like, I expected I, I still to be th- – I still think if ECU plays – if ECU were to play SMU right now and beat them, I still don't think you rush the field. No. Number 20 in the country. No, you know, you don't you, – top five. You only rush the field when you beat a top five pro. I don't even think you do it for top ten. It's top five. Now I get, if you're, I get it if you're like an Akron and you beat if you if you beat uh let's see Akron okay. you beat yeah. like uh I don't know a twentieth ranked 
Toledo. I get it. Right. Maybe. Or or Toledo beats, you know, maybe uh, a 15th rank Ohio State if, if Ohio State's having a down year at the time. Then, and yeah, why is, he, why he the hell is Ohio State going into Toledo? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to make up stuff. But Toledo no, I, doesn't I, give those, or Ohio State doesn't give those games. <laughs> Trust me. Those games are not on the table. But what no, do, what do you th- how, how does that conversation go? Hello, this is Toledo. Uh, or oh, hello, this is Ohio State. Hey, this is uh Toledo. We we'd like to see if y'all would like to schedule a you know a one for one uh home home and home matchup. Yeah, of Wait. course. That'd be fifty trillion billion million dollars. Yeah, no shot. <laughs> no shot. That's exactly what, how that would go. But uh, but yeah, Artie, I don't know. It, it's I don't know how they how they do that i don't know why they do that but teach their own um Artie, we uh we have we have another interview coming up absolutely uh, it already it is a it, november is epilepsy awareness month mm-hmm. don't know if you know that no. um so we have a very special guest coming on the podcast today um her name's courtney layton she is a former ECU football or ECU football player, ECU softball player. Jeez, Jared, uh, I've been on so much Mucinex already; it's not even funny. <laughs> um, she's she's a former ECU softball player. She's got epilepsy. She's two and a half years uh, seizure uh, free, seizure right? free. Mm-hmm. Which shout out to her. So Absolutely. we uh we we got her coming on the podcast here in a minute. Um, so yeah, let, let's uh let's go ahead and send it over to her, Courtney Layton. On the Boneyard Podcast. This week we're joined by uh by honestly somebody we've been trying to have on the podcast for a while. We've been trying to figure out when is a good time, and there's no better time than right now. Uh, November is Epilepsy Awareness Month. Uh, we we've got former ECU softball player Courtney Layton coming on the podcast. Uh, she she lives with epilepsy, so she's going to talk about her story. Um. So yeah, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast, Courtney. How's it going? Thank you. It's going great. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. The pleasure's all ours. So, Courtney, um, let, let's let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about your your story. So, uh, w- when did you find out you had epilepsy? Can you can, kind of tell us a little bit about that? So I was diagnosed in 2016. I had my first seizure on April 20th of that year. Um, I was a junior in high school. Um, that was really hard, you know, I feel like that's pretty obvious, but, um, it really changed my life. I mean, my whole life I was healthy, um, no issues, never broke a bone, nothing. We honestly, I never even knew what epilepsy was. (laughs) I had no idea. I went to the neurologist the next day and they were like, you know, you have epilepsy. And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) You're going to have to tell me. So she explained it, but yeah, um, little over five years since I was diagnosed. So it doesn't really get any easier. You just get more adjusted to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, talk about that. So, I mean, a lot of people know, I mean, you, you see it, epilepsy, like this video game or this TV show uh, has like a strobe warning. Can you talk a little bit about epilepsy and or um, the seizure, like what, what brings it on and things like that? So a lot of people have like strobe light induced seizures and luckily for me I am not one of those people um but it is a majority 
Um, mine are caused by sleep deprivation and stress, which are two things that when I was an athlete, I went through every day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so luckily I'm not strobe light induced. I do get terrible migraines if I see them. Most people do, but it's like a different type of headache. Um, I love when I go to a, an event, a sporting event, concert, whatever, and there are signs everywhere that are warning people because when the reason that I talk so much about my epilepsy and put it so much on my platform is because it's for that reason. Seeing it everywhere, that's so important to me because knowing, and me personally, and I was guilty of it, not knowing what it was. So I try to make sure that other people are aware. So that's why seeing those kind of signs and those warnings are so important to me because I feel like possibly I'm doing my part by bringing awareness to it, you know? Gotcha. And that, that kind of leads into my question. Like, what are some things about ep epilepsy that you would like to share to others to kind of shed light on and, and give to others that are kind of ignorant about it and don't really know too much about epilepsy? So I think that what's, what's really important for people to know is that I think my biggest thing is that even when you're not having a seizure, even when someone's gone so-and-so seizure-free, mm -hmm. you're still dealing with it every day. I mean, I, my boss was here to, I still can't drive. Um, my boss was here to pick me up this morning for my internship. And I was like, Hey, you have to give me, give me a few minutes. I can't get dressed because I'm twitching. Um, I'll spill coffee on the way to my room because I'm twitching while holding my mug in the morning. Um, so I think that's something that I really try to make people aware of is that even though it's like, great, Hey, you haven't gone, you've gone this long without having a seizure. Right. But we're still dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like I like I previously said, there's been more awareness brought to it and stuff, but I would like there to be a little bit more um, mm -hmm. for that reason, just because it is, it is an everyday thing. Um, I also think that knowing the first aid when someone has a seizure is really, really important because you just, you never know. Um, those are probably my biggest things, um, I would say. Anytime I'm with somebody or I meet somebody new, I'm like, hey, if I have a seizure and their eyes get real big and I'm like, oh, hold on, like, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm gonna, but I'm like, look, if I do, here's the steps. And I always try to make that um, known. Gotcha. Now, you, you said you had your first seizure. You were, you were 16 years old. Was it, was it when you were 16? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Like, are there any signs besides having that seizure? I know you, you said twitching, like before somebody's diagnosed that maybe somebody can look at to say, Hey, maybe we need to have somebody tested. Absolutely. So when I was younger, when I, I remember, I vividly remember when I was like 14, that was 13 or 14. I had woken up early to go to a tournament and my mom was helping me get ready and I was holding something and I just kept throwing it. I thought I was, I'm not going to lie. It was like six in the morning. I thought I was falling asleep, sitting up. I mm. was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, that I can't hold on to this thing. I really thought that I was just falling asleep and whatever. I had no idea what epilepsy was. And then two years later, when I had my first seizure, we started to put the pieces together. And when I was 13, 14, that didn't happen every day. It was only when I had to get up early, which then led to the sleep deprivation induced. So um, I definitely think that's my biggest thing. If you are noticing an off twitch or you feel like sometimes you have like a sort of aura over you um, one of those things, if your brain just ever feels off, 
that would that would be my biggest thing. And like we, we talked about in a um, article, me and my mom, she had said that the reason that she tries to make epilepsy so well known is because those precursors, because we had no idea and we wonder what could have been prevented if we would have taken those steps when I was younger. Gotcha. Now, kind of switching gears a little bit, getting to your ECU softball days, how has your time as an ECU athlete kind of helped mold you and shape you into the person that you are today? I think that being an athlete, I mean, being a being an athlete at ECU has gotten me to, to where I am today, 100% with working with ECU athletics. And I actually, on Friday, was hired by WNCT. I am a digital okay. content producer now. And I met Congratulations. someone who, who thank you. <laughs> I met the, the girl who introduced me to the other people. I met on the sidelines at an ECU football game that I was working. Wow. I was working the football game because I was an athlete. Like it all just circled. And I think mm-hmm. that building my platform on social media, which everybody knows if you follow me, I never leave social media alone. I love it. <laughs> um, I think that me having my platform as an athlete and using it to spread awareness on epilepsy, I really, really think that that helped. And I think it's something that anybody that has social media can do, but I definitely think being an athlete at ECU is what really like put me on the next level. I mean, ECU, I love ECU. I love mm-hmm. the support. I love Greenville. Everything about ECU, I just love. And it wasn't just me. Like I said, it wasn't just me being an athlete. It was the people who retweeted, liked, replied, shared whatever and those are all like the people i have to thank for getting me where i am now now looking at your your time at ecu i mean you you played four years at at ecu played ecu softball now uh what's been the one moment in in your career that you you look back on and you're like wow like that's a that's a pretty cool moment um as a student athlete i always like to figure out like what what's that one moment where you're like wow like this is really cool what i'm doing um oh gosh I think honestly when I look back there's a few but when I think of like where softball brought me to different places I think when I sit there in my freshman year we went to Hawaii and played a tournament and I think that like the fact that I can say I went to Hawaii because of softball I really just sat there and I was like I get to be in Hawaii with my best friends and play the sport that I love And I think that's kind of when I sat back. And like I said, I was a freshman and I was like, I get to do this all the time. And my, my senior day, when there was the whole recap and I got to be with everybody, that was another moment where I was like, I got to do this. And Mm I, I don't know. I I think those are some of my, my favorites when we won um, a few games in conference tournament, my sophomore year and just getting, like I said, social media is my thing. (laughs) <laughs> seeing people talk about it on social media just being like i'm i'm a part of that was just so i can't even put it into words like i loved being an athlete i loved being an athlete for ecu i think my my biggest moments come from just people recognizing how big of a deal it, it is to be a d1 athlete and i i love it gotcha now I, I know you said social media is your thing and and you're working in social media now what what exactly do you do with social media and where do you want that to take you going forward? So for ECU athletics right now, I'm an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of graphic design. Uh, it's a little bit of photography, not not much. It's like behind the scenes where like this is practice. Nobody's going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
a little a little bit of like after effect photoshop that kind of thing um and then for sporting events so for volleyball i do live tweeting during their games just home games and then football for the ecu athletics instagram story i'm on the sidelines i do the whole story that day um I used to do soccer. Now their season's over and they had a, they had a great season. I loved being a part of soccer, getting to watch their games. It was, I loved it. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm there every day. I get to, I get to do a lot of cool stuff like my Houston radio show on Monday nights and I get to be around the football team, the, the basketball team. I get to do a lot of really cool stuff. And I think that being hired now at WNCT is definitely my first step. And I'm so, I'm so excited but leading into digital content producer and content creation is where I want that to, to take me. But I think that this, where I'm going to at WNCT is going to be like, it's perfect. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I'm in, so a little bit about me, Courtney, I'm actually, I'm in marketing. I'm, I'm a social media manager. uh, Really? So yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, I totally get it. And, and I I love it myself. I, I love the content. Um, uh, I've never really done the producing side of it. So what, what made you want to like really get into, really get into like that content producing, um, aspect of, of, of marketing? To be honest, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do until probably a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Funny. When I came into ECU, I was a criminal justice major. I don't know why. <laughs> don't know why. Had, had don't to know why. something, you know, you know, I, don't, I know I was like, mm, this sounds fun, you know? So um, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to do sports broadcasting for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that wasn't for me. I didn't think I wanted to go down that road. Um, I've always loved social media and then I'm, I'm from Charlotte. So Carolina Panthers being my team and then hockey, the Canes, I looked at their social media and like, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked at their, um, their, their Twitter and their social media and all the, interactive stuff that was going on and i said uh, anytime i got a reply from either i was like <gasps> you know canes follow me like, on twitter do what uh, canes <laughs> yeah canes follow me on twitter no way yep oh my oh, that, god that's an achievement right there that's a flex right yeah, there no, no big deal <laughs> subtle subtle flex yeah i love that <laughs> but see but see that's what i mean whenever you they follow you and you're like guess what you know and I feel like with with the content creation and the content is really what what puts them top tier, and that's why when I looked at it, I was like, I want to do this for whoever, and I just I, I love ECU so much, and that's why I think taking this job in, in WNCT, I get to, I get to stay in Greenville. I love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love being with my parents in Charlotte. I love that's where my you know it's where my family is, but. I also love Greenville. Like, you know, mom and dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it here. I love Greenville. So I'm I'm very excited, but that's where I want it to to take me definitely. And that's why I love it so much. That's awesome. Now you, you talk about earlier, you talked about uh the the stress and uh sleep deprivation, bringing on like seizures and, and for for your epilepsy. How, being a student athlete, I mean, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I think now a lot of people are starting to realize how much goes into being a student athlete. How did you manage that? How, what, what did ECU do to help um, you manage like your, your time and, and um, to, to allow you to still be a, a top performing athlete with, uh, 
with epilepsy? So I unfortunately had to, with, with the sleep deprivation, you know, you have 6 a.m. workouts. I missed quite a few um, <laughs> while I was here, which was really, really hard. You know, you and I live with three softball players and you hear them come home at 7 a.m. They just got done working out and you're just kind of like, I, I couldn't come. But when I when I look back now, if I had, you know, if I had said, you know what, Courtney, get up, you're going, how many seizures would I have had? Right. It, it wasn't worth it. And it sucked your team being out there without you. But people had to reassure me your health comes first. Your health comes first. It's important. And I was so lucky to have that support system behind me telling me, Courtney, it's OK. You know, I understand your frustration, but I understand you need to understand that your health is is most important. Um Anytime I needed to to rest, miss out on something, everybody was was more than understanding, was more than willing to to just let it happen. You know, during practice, sometimes I would start having twitches because, you know, you get stressed or when it's really hot outside, my body, you know, gets stressed. And mm-hmm. I'd have to sit down at practice a few times and everybody, it got to a point where they asked if I was okay, but it, it was normal. It was, you know, it was never like, is she okay? Is she okay? It was just right. like, hey, you good? And, and then we left it at that. Um my my trainer Kelsey Riley, she was top tier, the best, just the best trainer. She was amazing, and she always made sure I had my medicine. Always made sure I was okay. She, like checked me out all the time. She was she was the best, and I really feel like without her, I I don't know if I could have done it. Um, she was definitely a big part of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And when it comes to like a media plugin for epilepsy? Like if there's a website, if there's like a, like a, a Twitter or an Instagram or something that people should follow, what's that one kind of media outlet that people really need to be paying attention to when it comes to epilepsy? I would say um, epilepsy foundation, any social media they have, any mm-hmm. website, that's, that's the most informative, I believe. Okay. Um, I follow a few, I know there's um, like positive epilepsy and it's like epileptic thoughts and stuff like that. And it's, those kind of accounts are really just people honestly putting into words what I can't explain. Mm-hmm. They can put into words because they also deal with it. It's really hard to explain to somebody the twitches and the seizures and the headaches and everything that comes along with it, the whole nine, unless you're going through it. So for them to be able to put it into words, I, I try to share those as much as I can without people being like, okay, we get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I also want people to understand like, this is an everyday thing, but I definitely think those are the most important. If you see any that are, you know, thoughts on epilepsy or um, just like sharing moments of people who had epileptic moments, but definitely Epilepsy Foundation, if you need information, um, you don't know what it is, you don't know what to do. Those kind of things are definitely the most important. Sorry, guys, my, my mic cut out again. I'm, I'm back now. Uh, so I, I'd like to know, your, you, you've seen some pretty cool moments, I mean, in, in your job at ECU. One of the questions I like to ask is, what is your favorite moment, whether it's sports or outside of maybe hanging out with your teammates? What, what's one of those moments, maybe behind the scenes, that, uh, that you can share here on, on the Boneyard Podcast? I honestly, I got to be, I got to see the, it just came out, the 
uniform jersey reveal, the black one that came out, mm -hmm. um, the blackout. I was there to see that whole thing get filmed. Oh wow, the whole and production. It was, re it was really like the, oh, that's awesome. the stadium shot. There was the yeah. drone. So cool. Now, my question on that is, how do we? I'm talking Artie and I get into one of those videos. Like I get, I get it's about, I get it's about the players. I get it, but I think it would be so cool if all of a sudden it's just like two random guys, Jared and Listen, Artie. I can make it happen. There we Don't go. Don't worry. Hey, I got it. And we, look, Jared, we have to have some merch or something. We have to have like a Boneyard podcast flag or something I'm, like that. If we're 100%. Gonna... I, yeah. I got you guys. Don't worry. We, we, yeah. What we're gonna do is we're gonna. We need like the two of us just sitting there, <laughs> decked out ECU, ECU football gear in mm -hmm. the boneyard with you know the art ten to fifteen thousand of our best friends <laughs> sitting behind us. Yeah, that's what we need, Courtney. If you can make it happen, you're hired. See, that's top tier content. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't think of that. There you. I mean, honestly, yeah, we're the premier podcast of. Of Pirate Nation, and, and that's that's how you that's how you get there. I think it's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, I'll get right on it. I got you. Guys. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk to you. We'll talk to Eric, and uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get things worked see, out. See if we can make it happen. <laughs> so, um, along those lines, I mean, ha have you, what was that like when like when you were filming stuff like for ECU softball or like the media days, like. I've always thought I've always thought that's really cool. I mean, being in content that that's one of my favorite things to see is like behind the scenes. Like, what's that like when they're like, "All right, now we need you to take these pictures or videos for for something that we're gonna come out kind of behind the scenes." It's it's really cool because when I was when I was an athlete, think like I just got to see things as they were presented to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see anything behind it. So now my old teammates. I'm seeing the equipment videos that are coming out, the shoes, like what goes into putting the shoes and making them look fancy that are then put in their locker, the jerseys, the cool videos with that. And even like at the football games, the the cool little videos, sometimes they'll put up there. It'll be my friends that are, are the ones that are making it. It's, it's just so I get to see it being put together and I get to see the extra footage and it's really, really cool. Um, I think my first thing that I, that I did that was kind of behind the scenes was it was one of the first things was they told me, they gave me a camera and they were setting up for the equipment sale and they were like, go take some pictures of it to put on the social media. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like that sounds like a big responsibility. Um, so just getting to see that kind of stuff being laid out, getting to help with that. Um, I got to go to pretty much every sports marketing shoot and do behind the scenes of that. So like I got to go to golf's, um, men's and women's golf, which I had never done before. That was, that was really cool. Um, lacrosse soccer baseball and softball are coming up being at the football practices has been really cool um it's just it's super cool i don't know i think getting to see it from behind now what i was being given for four years now i get to see what goes into it before it was given to me awesome awesome now my last question for you and usually jared gets this question but i'm gonna go ahead and steal it from him this time we ask every ECU alumni or anybody that's ever been affiliated with ECU this question. Uh, there's a little-known establishment in Greenville, North Carolina. It's called Sup Dogs. I don't know if you ever have you. You have been to, to Sup Dogs, right? Oh, 
God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, what is your sub dogs order? Whenever you go to sub dogs, what is the order that Courtney has to get when she's there? Is it working? Yeah, yeah it's working. Good. You're good. <laughs> cool. Good. <laughs> My sub dog's order. Yes. Yeah. What, what What is the sub dog's order? Uh, it's so basic. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. We've had basic ones before. It's uh, I get their. I love their cheeseburgers. Cheeseburger plain. Okay. Nothing. Cheese, meat, bread. I love their wow. fries. And they got to put a little orange sub crush on the side. Okay. 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 Any anything on the to. fries? Or just the regular fries. Salt. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you it. throw some cheesy tots in there if you're hungry. I, I hey, you I'm all about it. I I love I love some plain food. So, um, uh, you can't go wrong. Like if you want like the actual taste of it, that's what you get. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta throw a Budweiser in there if you're feeling fancy. But there you, you know, go. Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser, a loaded Corona here and there. I mean, exactly. we're we're feeling classy. Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm definitely I'm a fan of the orange sub crush. So, um. Mm -hmm. That, that's my go-to. Did you know that it's the one that has the most alcohol? I did not know that. I'm going to have to talk to Brett. I didn't wow. know that. He, it he, is. I didn't know that either. Maybe that's why I like it so much. And it's, yeah, and it's a lot. I, I was not informed. I'm going to let you do your research, but it, it's a lot. How, the, the, I don't want to get you in trouble, so you don't have to answer this. How many orange sup crushes can, do you think you can, you can crush in a sitting? Four. <laughs> four? That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty hey, good. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty tipsy after four. four no, yeah. I exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can't going to sub dogs, you can't you can't beat it. Like it, no. it's like I we love it. I mean uh, we're yeah. we're talking we're coming into the game Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. And, we'll or, be there Saturday. And we're gonna we're gonna go to sub dogs. Like we'll be <laughs> you there. You have to. Yeah. We'll, now we'll be I there. I do have a question. Okay. Well, do either of you have a favorite restaurant in Greenville? Oh, that's not Sup Dogs. That's not Sup Dogs. No. Um, that's okay. I would say modern. Modern easy. Go ahead. It's it's either Cubbies or it's Chicos. That's okay. Are my two yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna say Cubbies. Um, another one. I don't know. I, I used to like Winslow's. Um, oh, I love Winslow's. I haven't I haven't been to Winslow's in a minute. Uh, we had what was that pizza place that we we ate at, Artie? It's over there near uh, Pitt Street Brewing. Oh, Luna. I, I forgot the name. Luna. Yes. Luna. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's really good. Last time we were in for a game, uh, it was the two lane game. Artie and I we went over to Pitt Street Brewing. Great beer and mm -hmm. uh, great beer. And then we also we ordered a pizza at Luna. Had it at at Pitt Street. I mean, I'd never been to either of those places. Yeah, and it was phenomenal. Great. What great kind pizza. of pizza was it? Oh, what did I? I had. I got the one with jalapenos on it. I had. I, I had like really? jalapenos and pepperoni. It wasn't bad though. Honestly, really? It, really well. it was really good. Yeah, I, I had. Really uh, good. Mine had like pepperoni and bacon, um, and then the sauce right. was a little spicy. I don't know. Um, I think I had the pomodoro sauce. Oh, that stuff is good. We got the yeah. um. 
it was like the pizza bones or something and it's literally just the crust it's mm-hmm. an appetizer and they you put it in the so- oh so good Ooh. already we we all might just be, talk of food, man. All we, this talk of food. We might be eating twice in, in Greenville this Saturday. <laughs> we can all take a trip. Look, I'm down. Absolutely. Hey, there there we go. It'll it'll be the Boneyard Podcast and Courtney. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, maybe we'll put together some content and uh, exactly. We'll and make we'll, some the, TikToks. We'll put some content. Don't absolutely. worry. Absolutely. You know, I, I started us a Boneyard Podcast TikTok, and we haven't put anything up. So we'll. we'll I didn't. I didn't that. know we had one. This, yeah, this I haven't told you. <laughs> So. I haven't told you mainly because I didn't know what to put on it. So maybe we, should, you know, Courtney, do you do you know who Mike Golick is? Did you ever watch Mike and Mike in the morning? Or he... I did. Uh, no. So Mike Golick, friend of the podcast. You're now a friend of the podcast. That's mm-hmm. all. All guests are friends of the podcast. Well, yay! Um, I'm honored. <laughs> uh, Mike Golick. I mean, honestly, one probably the most famous person we've had on outside probably. of Courtney. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say it's not me. <laughs> I think he's in second now. I mean, you you may you may he be might, he might be a second. but uh, but yeah, we had him on, and uh, we asked him if he wanted to be our intern. He had just got laid off from ESPN, and we asked him if he wanted to be our intern. No, <laughs> this was what like a week or two after he had gotten he got laid off. Yeah. He got laid off by ESPN, and we were like, "So yeah. we know you're looking for a job now. You will be our oh, intern. <laughs> we can't pay much." Tell me his response. He he just kind of like glossed over it. it yeah. He was like, he was, he was good about it. He, he was. was good about it. He 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 was good about it. So yeah, <laughs> that's the kind that's of content funny. we put out. Well, honestly, with TikTok, my my boss calls me TikTok Queen. So I got you guys. What, what's your TikTok? Do you have Do you have your personal TikTok? Yeah, it's Courtney Violet uh, with an underscore. Same as my Instagram. Okay. okay yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Go ahead and tell people where that where they can follow you since you're Absolutely. since you're uh popping off and being an influencer and all those things. <laughs> um. My Instagram is Courtney Violet with an underscore. It's the same as my TikTok. Uh, my Twitter is C Violet One uh, Three. There you go, Courtney. Sweet. Thank you so much for joining us on the Boneyard it's Podcast. A pleasure. You're, you're thank be, you guys for having me. You're gonna be a return guest eventually because we're who who knows we might. We need. We've been talking about having a third, like a third host. I mean, who knows? We'll we'll, we'll talk. I'm about down. It. I am we'll, so down for the job. <laughs> All right. Well, Courtney, it's it's been a it's been a real pleasure. Uh, it's been great talking to you and getting to know you. So, um, we'll we'll see you around. We'll we'll see you in Greenville. Uh, maybe this weekend, and maybe we'll get some pizza or, or something. We'll we'll figure something out. I'm. Are you guys gonna be at the game? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We will absolutely right. be at the game. We'll, well, we'll I'll be see we'll, you guys then. We'll be on the field pregame, so uh, absolutely. We'll we'll catch up then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll be down there. I'll come find All you right. guys. Sweet. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Take care, Courtney. See ya. Once again, that was Courtney Layton. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, I mean, honestly, she she's somebody we've been wanting to have on the podcast for a long time now. Really, really cool person. We've been talking to her back and forth. Um, ever since she was in school, um, we, we didn't want to bother her while she was in school where there's always kind of a don't talk to athletes kind of thing mm-hmm. that we're not supposed to do. So we don't do it. Um, so yeah, Artie shout out to her. She, she's doing great things with her life, working for ECU now. So, sure. um, but yeah, you want to, you want to get into maybe a walk the plank? Yeah. Who's, who's going first this week on walk the plank? Uh, I'll let you go first. Mm. You know, you know who mine is. 
It's 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 that team in Ann Arbor. I I just I'm still hurt. I'm still salty. I'm still upset about it. And and the only reason why I say Michigan and Jim Harbaugh need to walk the plank this week is because you were up 30 to 14 with less than three minutes left in the third quarter, and you let that game get away. You cannot lose that game. Jim Harbaugh is 0-6 on the road against top 10 teams. He's like 3-13 and against top 10 teams, period. Um, I love Jim Harbaugh. I love the way he's directed our program. We have a top 10 caliber program every single season, but we just can't beat the good teams. We can't win the big one. We can't beat Michigan State. We can't beat Penn State. We can't beat Ohio State. And if you can't win those games, then you ain't shit. You're just regular old 10-win Michigan that goes to the Outback Bowl against some seven-win LSU, and don't nobody care about that. So Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, as much as this pains me to say this, y'all are still my boys. I'm riding with y'all to the day I die, and I put that on everything I love. But y'all got to walk the damn plank because you shouldn't have lost to Michigan State. Oh. All right, Artie. My walk the plank. Also one of your teams. Why? The Blackhawks? Yes. God bless. I don't even want why we gotta talk about them, man. Why are you doing this to me, Jared? <laughs> Why? Artie. Why are you doing this to me, man? This whole scandal, this whole thing, and it's not just on the Blackhawks. It's on the NHL. It's on the NHLPA. It's on everybody. It's on the players. You're talking about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith. These guys look like real assholes right now. Like, like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. I, I never had respect for Patrick Kane. I always had some respect for Jonathan Taves. That's gone. That's gone because you are, I mean, you're, you're covering up, you're defending people that have covered up a sexual assault against another player, one of your teammates, in a game where we talk about being uh, being accountable and and sticking up for each other and, and playing the right way. That was that wasn't happening in 2010 at the start of the Blackhawks uh, dynasty. Already, this guy Kyle Beach was sexually assaulted by a video coach for the Blackhawks organization. Yeah, that coach was fired, but I mean. It's it's not right. So, Blackhawks, Brad Aldrich, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Gary Bettman, all of you walk the damn plank. Yeah, they they tried to cover it up for the sake of winning, and and that's that's one of the true crimes and true Joel Quinville of, of of all of this. They 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 covered up a sin for the sake of winning. And yeah, we had a dynasty, and yeah, it was great. But now it's like everything's starting to come into fruition. And you're starting to see what was going on behind the scenes, and it's disgusting. And 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 it is going to set this franchise back a while. You can see it right now. I mean, we're we're a franchise that is winless. We have not won a game. I think we're 0-8, 0-9, something like that. I don't even know. Um, it's it's, it's gonna set the Blackhawks back a long time. It's it's gonna take a while for them to get over this. Um, but the right thing needs to be done. Um, bad people need to go away and as a Blackhawks fan, it disgusts me. It's sickening to see. It's sad to see. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, all of the repercussions and all the bad things that need to happen, happen at this point. So that's just kind of how I feel as a, as a Hawks fan from the outside looking in. There's still room on the Hurricanes bandwagon, Artie. 
<laughs> I, you know what, man? I need to get to a Canes game too. I really do. Uh, I mean, honestly, last week was the day to go. East or the Hurricanes played played the Blackhawks. Yeah, played the Blackhawks. I, I didn't even I didn't even know. Dumped them. Of course, dumped them. Of course. All right, Artie. Uh, let let's uh let's talk about some betting lines, and then we'll start wrapping this thing up. How's that sound? Let's do it. All right, so uh, what is this, week nine? Artie, I want to go back. Last week, what did I say? I said Kentucky, going to take an L. And what happened? They took that L. Can, can, Can you give me some props here? It's been a bad week for me, Jared. I told you my sports are just, they're just not, they're just not hitting. Like nothing, nothing is hitting, nothing. My bears suck. Yep. All right. I mean, nothing, nothing is hitting. My bulls are good though. I will say the bulls are good. The bulls are four and one. My bulls are good. That that's it. That's cool. Yeah, I know. You don't care. I don't. That's it though. I'm a Hawks fan. You're not a Hawks fan. I am a Hawks. You don't fan. watch basketball. You're not a Hawks fan. You're right. I don't want to hear that blast from me. All right, Artie, uh, in Chapel Hill this weekend. Uh, Who cares? 10th ranked Wake Forest goes into Chapel Hill. Wake Forest is going to whoop that ass. Uh, who cares? Really? Because Chapel Hill is a two and a half point favorite. I mean, come on. Wait, if I will, I will hate Wake Forest for the rest of my life. They lose this game. Chapel Hill is the biggest joke that I've seen. They were ranked in the top 10 this, this, this year. Just to let you know how much the preseason polls are a joke. Just an absolute joke. They were ranked in the top 10. They've lost, what, four games this season? They're four and four. They're four and four. They Guess got who the else same, is four and four? East Carolina. They got the same record as us. Now, Chapel and, Hill, who tell us the better? <laughs> who's, who's the best in the state now? Get the hell out of here. They, they lost to Florida State. They lost to Virginia Tech. They lost to Georgia Tech. Like those are All of not, those teams have multiple losses that you just mentioned. Georgia Tech, Florida Georgia State Tech, sucks. Virginia Tech, Tech has multiple losses. Georgia Tech is what? Georgia Tech is three and five. Yep. What's Florida State? Two and what? I think Florida State has three wins now. Oh, they got three wins? Good for them. Yeah, finally. Virginia Tech, I know they got at least two losses. Florida State is three and five. Okay. Play NC State this weekend. Yeah, they're going to lose the state. NC State's only a three-point favorite in that game. They're going to lose the state. Look, Wake Forest is going to win this game. Yeah. Wake, Wake Forest has no business losing this game to Carolina. Now, look, Carolina could come out and they could wake up and their offense could come alive again and they could, you know, go on some magical run. But I just don't see it. I'm not going to be shocked if Carolina wins, I guess. But they shouldn't. They shouldn't win this game. They're not better than Wake Forest. All right. Uh, another interesting game. Liberty on the road at Ole Miss. Liberty is a good football team. I'm not saying they're going to beat Ole Miss on the road. But I think I think they could cover the the line is nine and a half points. Uh, Artie, wh- what do you think? I haven't seen any Liberty football, but I do know they're coached by a very good good coach, and I know they have a good program. Ole Miss, they they what lost to who did they lose to last week? Because I think they did take an L. Ole Miss lost to let's see, Auburn. Yeah, they just lost to Auburn. I, I think Ole Miss wins this game, but, you know, I'd love to see Liberty upset them. I'd love to see that. But I think Ole Miss wins. Mm, 
All right. Uh, your boys, Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan State, number five in the country after taking down the Wolverines, the big blue. At 8 0, go into Purdue and are a three point favorite. Over under, already is 53 and a half. How you feeling? You want me to take, answer that question? I'm, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Michigan State in this game. Purdue's not gonna knock off two top ten teams in the same year. I'll tell you Artie's answer. I don't give a damn. I don't care what happens in that game. <laughs> Why you hate care. on East Lansing so much? I don't care. I don't I don't care what happens in that game. I don't get it. I don't I care don't. who wins. I don't care what the score is. I mean, y'all might as well be Eastern Michigan anyway. So. I love it. I love it. Uh, already going. Let's go to the Pac-12. Um, we got some. We got some barn burners in the in the Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just full of damn jokes tonight. I am already. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Uh, how about Utah on the road at Stanford? Artie, did you realize that uh, the cardinal is not up the, about the bird? It's for the color. Did you know that? We had that discussion a couple weeks ago. No, I thought it was the bird. No, it's one of our listeners said it was for the color. What? Yeah, I don't know. That's even wow. stupider. It's even <laughs> more stupid. <laughs> I, I hate them even more for it. That's, that's even stupider. Why is your mascot? Why is your mascot a tree? I don't get it. I don't get it. Not at all. I mean, look, I, I have not followed Pac-12 football at all. I don't even know if Utah or Stanford's any good. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I guess give me Utah. They're not. Yeah, Utah's a seven-point favorite. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Also, Artie, the American Athletic Conference has more ranked teams than the ACC yes. Pac-12 combined. Yep, um, we got three of them in there. All right, let's go let's go Big 12. Going to kind of do a, a through the conferences. Um this week ooh, rivalry game Kansas State at Kansas. Why are you picking the worst game? <laughs> Already to to be good to be a good gambler, you have to be able to pick these these hard games. You know what? This is one of those games I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch a single second of it. So give me Kansas. I'm taking Kansas. You're taking Kansas. <laughs> I'm taking Kansas. I'm taking Kansas. I don't care. Kansas is Kansas. a 24 point favorite. You don't. You don't think Kansas State covers that that line? Hold on. You, Kansas State's a 24 point favorite. Kansas. Kansas. Kansas is a 24 point favorite. Oh no, Kansas State is twenty four. I was say Kansas sucks. There's no way they're a twenty four uh, point. I, I I completely misread that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, K, I'm guessing KSU is Kansas State. Yeah, twenty four point favorite. So you're taking Kansas State? No, I'm taking Kansas. Give me can give me the Jayhawks to cover or to win outright. No, no, they're gonna win the football game. The Jayhawks Bullshit. are gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> give me Kansas. All right, let's see. Big Ten, worst game in the Big Ten this week. Uh, 
Indiana and Michigan. That's the worst game in the Big Ten? I'm kidding. No, it's probably uh, either <laughs> Wisconsin at Rutgers or Illinois at Minnesota. Michigan, Illinois at Minnesota. Michigan's not going to lose to Indiana. At least God, I hope not. Illinois, Minnesota. Minnesota's a 14-and-a-half point favorite. Minnesota's 6-2. and two. They're pretty good. Yeah, they are pretty good. So, what are they, the Gophers? Mm-hmm. The Golden Gophers. The Golden Gophers. Golden Gophers. It's a hockey school. Yes, it is. Um, so is Michigan. Yeah, yep. All right. Let's we'll we'll start wrapping it up, Artie. Uh Sunbelt. Let's see. There there's just really not any games. Good games this, this week. weekend. Yeah. Uh Cincinnati host. Cincinnati host Tulsa College Game Day is going to be there. Um, college Game Day is going to be in Cincinnati. Yep. Wow. Cincinnati's a, Cincinnati's a twenty-two and a half point favorite. The, you know it's bad when College Game Day is going to a game where one of the teams is three and five. Yeah, ex- exactly. I was like Tulsa's not good. Why? Is it, okay. Wow. Like honestly, go to SMU Memphis before you go to Tulsa, Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati is ranked number two. I guess they just want to, you know, give them some love. I don't First time it. they've been to Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. It's going to give the Americans some love. I don't hate it. Tulsa covers. 22 and a half points, Tulsa covers. Yeah, Tulsa covers. They lose by three touchdowns. Cincinnati, honestly, has been playing tight games with bad teams as of late. But you, you look at it. Yeah. I mean, they they what? They beat Tulane 31 to 12. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, it's, it's, it might be a close first half, but Cincinnati's going to walk away with a, a three touchdown victory. They beat they beat Tulane by more than uh, Oklahoma beat Tulane, so take that and uh, <laughs> put it in your strength of schedule thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, SMU on the road at Memphis. Uh, let's see, does who does Houston play? Houston plays South Florida. That's not that's not a game. Um. All right, Artie. Game of the week. Yes, sir. The East Carolina Pirates host Temple. Last year, ECU won 28 to 3. Uh hate that number. But uh <laughs> <laughs> games at three o'clock on ESPN plus. The four and four pirates uh take on the three and five Temple Owls. Already they're three and five, but they might as well be 0 and 8. At this point, I mean, outside that win against Memphis, they haven't beat anybody. Yeah. Um. The the ECU is a fifteen point favorite, over under fifty four and a half. I'm taking the over. Uh, ECU covers the spread. ECU wins by three touchdowns at least. Yeah, this is the point in the season where ECU needs to have it figured out. There, there is no more of okay. We got to figure this out, or figure that out, or do no. ECU needs to have it figured out at this point in the season. All right, we're we're on we're on the back nine. All right, so ECU needs to have it figured out. This is a game they should they should win in a blowout. They should win going away. Give me a 35-13 ECU victory. I, I I think that's what the the score should be. I think that's probably what it will be. You know, we might give up a, a touchdown in the first half, maybe give up ten points in the first half. I don't think we'll give Temple anything more than three points in the second half, to be honest with you. Uh, ECU wins going away, and we get the five and four on to Memphis. All right. 
Well, Artie, uh, yeah, I, I think ECU wins this game. I think they cover something interesting. ECU's five and two, five, two and one against the spread. So that's interesting to me. Um, what do they say? Good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> but uh, Artie, you got any final thoughts? Um, I wish my sports teams were treating me a whole lot better. That's my final thoughts. The only team I can root for is the Chicago Bulls. That's it. It's the only team I got. I got nothing else. I got nothing. And you know what? I will say this. Do it for the A. All right. I would love to see the Atlanta Braves bring it home as much as I love making fun of Jared and his sports teams. I really do want to see the Braves do it. Bring it home for the A. Go Braves. Chop on. The next time we record this podcast, one of my teams will or will not have won a championship. <laughs> that is very true, and uh, that, that's got that's got me feeling on edge. But uh, already, you going to go down to Atlanta for the parade if they I, win? I thought about going down to Atlanta to see Game Five last night. I was about to say, I, I know you're itching. I know you're itching to get down to Atlanta. Uh, We'll we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens with that one, but that's I've thought about it multiple times. Uh, if it happens, we might be going uh, we might be going down to see a parade. Who knows? Um, I'll I'll go see a parade. I'll I'll go to the varsity. I'll go kick a field Absolutely. goal at the uh, college, college, uh, college football hall of fame. Absolutely, I'll make it a day. Yeah, go <laughs> see the aquarium. Go try some coke, the 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 drink kind. So, um. So yeah, Artie. Um, hopefully, my Braves can pull it off. I, I like I like where we're at. Got a uh, Max Freed going on the mound tomorrow. Got to get Absolutely. the bats working. I thought I thought when we hit a grand slam in the first inning last I night, I thought that was it, man. I, I, I was like, all right, hey, I could probably go to bed now, uh, which I wasn't going to. I right, you you, you were going to watch that game. Yeah, um, yeah, I I thought that was it. I'm a, I'm a Atlanta sports fan. I'm a Hurricanes fan. I'm an ECU fan. And I should know by now that sports heartbreak follows you. <laughs> yeah. Like it follows I, you. I, li- I live a life of misery, Artie. Um, that, that's just it, how it, it follows goes. me too. It's okay. I mean, you've seen your Bulls and your Blackhawks. And that's true. And I've seen you, the White Sox win a World Series. Yeah. I was about to say, you've seen, you've seen three of your teams win a championship. That I've seen true. one. I was five months old the last time the Braves won the World Series. I was 11 when the Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup. The Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. <laughs> Artie, I don't want to hear anything about how hard anybody else has it. Outside of maybe John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John's had it pretty but, damn rough. But even then, even then, screw the Mets, screw the Knicks, screw the Rangers. You know what? Atlanta, A-Town, down, baby. And John, all, John's all, seen all two Super Bowls in his life. So yeah, I haven't seen got, shit. He's got two championships. I was 11. That's that's all I got. I was 11. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it enough. <laughs> I will appreciate this one. Artie was with me. I, I about cried when they just clinched the trip to the World Series. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That's, guys... This isn't a bandwagon thing. This is a full lifetime worth of needing and wanting and loving a team when at times it felt like they didn't love you back. 
And uh, and yeah, so chop on. Let's go, Braves. Uh, beat the Trastros. And uh, and yeah, let's uh, let's go get us a, let's go get us a chip. All right, Artie. Any final thoughts? Anything else? Do it for the A. Deuce. Peace.